0: Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, music producer, as well as a software engineer. And most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland.
1: And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer and illustrator.
0: This podcast is our weekly catch up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Hello, Bailey.
1: Hey, how are you this week?
0: Um, I'm good. Uh, Like, yesterday was really, like, um, physical for me. Physical? Did you
1: go to the gym? Did you lift weights?
0: Did you go to the gym? Are you kidding me? Um, (laughs) No, I, um, you know, my uh, physicality has been impaired over the last couple of years due to illness. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten um, a little better, and the medicines seem to be working. So, yesterday we went out for breakfast, which, you know, that's a little bit of movement, Right, mm-hmm. um going somewhere, walking into the establishment, et cetera, but then, like um, I went to uh a place I don't want to advertise for, but where they sell guitars, okay, yeah. because I was having trouble with a guitar that I had that I uh, got from there, and um I um took it in and decided that i the the problem I was having with it was just something I didn't like about it. So I traded it on a different guitar. So there was a lot of, I hadn't been in like a big box store kind of place in like two years. So it was, um, quite the experience, um, of moving around going back all the way to the back to the guitar room, three or four or mm-hmm. five or six times. <laughs> and, uh, so there was that, but I was very proud of myself cause I wasn't like, you know, um feeling bad or anything after which you know uh that's that's rare that's been a rare occurrence lately right so and I was feeling really good I had a show on Friday night and, and I felt great I mean I did the whole two hours and no no problems there either so then uh the funny thing was that last night we decided to go out for dinner and um so we um had settled on visiting Cracker Barrel Okay. And because they have a lot of uh, vegetable choices and Mm -hmm. stuff, right? So I went to, uh, we went to Cracker Barrel and they had a 45 minute wait. So we decided to leave Cracker Barrel after walking in there. Um, So there's parking, walking in all the way to the store, standing there for a while while they figured out that it was a 45 minute wait. And then leaving, and then going to the next place that we hit, which was like um, a um, a place called Copper Kettle, because w- we decided we would head to the other I Cracker Barrel. We went to Barrel. Copper Kettle. <laughs> and we were going to go to um, Cracker Barrel in Shelbyville, but we were like, hey, Morristown's on the way. So right. we stopped off at Copper Kettle, and I walked like two blocks from the parking. Yeah. Up to- Place uh, I was going to
1: say, Copper Kettle is not a handicapped accessible
0: location. <laughs> no. and They got funky stairs and everything. And um, so like all the way up there and found out that they had an hour wait. So we walked the two blocks back to the car <laughs> and got back in. And then we went to the Cracker Barrel in Shelbyville and it had an hour wait. And so... We were like, okay, well, you know, maybe we're going to be doing, like, a drive-through, like, somewhere. <laughs> but we ended up at the Fenders yeah. 3 uh, in Shelbyville, okay. which um, that place is, like, it's, it's like a, it looks like an old German pub, kind of. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's kind of a fancy place. And they had, we got, like, prime, prime rib, right? <clears throat> or I did. Okay. Uh, maybe, like, prime rib and seafood, right? So um that that place was really weird inside you would love it. Like it's mm-hmm. all this like like 80s German pub kind of thing going on, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. 1980s, not 1880s. <laughs> yeah. You know. So it's a little bit cheesy in terms of its woodwork, but then there's like all these different platforms and levels. So there mm-hmm. are all these funky like uneven weird staircases and stuff. <laughs> I can't
1: tell you how much I kind of low key love a split level building. <laughs> like I love it when I feel like I'm a little bit in a maze. Like if it's too much, I get freaked out because it feels like a vivid dream I can't wake up from. Um but the perfect amount of split level I always kind of find to be like super duper fun.
0: Well that place was kind of a maze. Like so it was really cool for like October because it was like a little bit creepy going in. Like yeah, a lot yeah, of wood walls. There, you know, and like hallways that turn and like a bunch of doors everywhere that you aren't. You know, even?
1: what's like that is Buca de Beppo.
0: Yeah. In yeah, Indianapolis,
1: yeah. The Indianapolis location of Buca de Beppo where
0: it's, it's like, you have
1: one. no, like I've been in that Buca 20 times in my life, probably. Uh-huh. And if you put down a blank sheet of paper in front of me and said, okay, draw a map of that <laughs> floor plan. I couldn't, tell you. <laughs> like, I, exactly. I was I was in there less than 6 months ago. I went there for dinner one night before I left and I remember being in it and being like you know if someone asked me where the bathroom is right now I <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell them and they'd be like, Oh, is it your first time here? And it'd be like, no, I've been here. I went here for my seventh birthday. Like
0: (laughs) I've never sat in the same room twice there. Like, I don't think (laughs) maybe I I did, but it felt like a different room.
1: I, yeah, I, you know, I have very distinct memories of a few different times there Mm -hmm. and each time has been different. There's one that it feels like they've just expanded a hallway to fit booths on either side?
0: Yeah, I think they did actually. It's insane.
1: <laughs> well, and you walk and like the thing with de Abu is you walk in and um it's like you're in the fucking kitchen. Like you are in the kitchen and then you enter the restaurant.
0: You are cuz like you can watch them cook you're yeah. the fine, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, well and so then the, you know what Copper Kettle is like that too.
0: Well, Fiddler's so three, okay, like, you know, I, I wanted to give them a little prop because it's really cool. Yeah. That when you come in, the like, you go up and you go down and you come in and at the room that we were in, which is over by the bar area, had this fireplace that you could put 10 kids in. Like, the oh. fireplace was massive. Like,
1: I don't, I, I like, don't know why we're, are you, are you, I'm sorry, are you the witch with the candy house?
0: <laughs> well, it felt like that. It was like Hansel and Gretel. Well, well, I was gonna
1: say, like, how do you how how else would I measure a fireplace except for how many
0: kids? How many kids could be boiled in a pot in that thing? It was massive, (laughs) and I was like, wow. And they didn't have a fire going, which was, you know, uh, I I feel like something they could have added to the ambiance with. However, I mean, a fire in there could be very dangerous because there's no like quick way out. Like there's there's like (laughs) yeah you know, I mean the fireplace should be safe. however, but this is a
1: hazard. Um, but
0: we had we had a good meal. I you know couldn't eat half of it because it was like a, a lot but I, I had a prime rib and some lobster bisque.
1: And you know what? One of my favorite things, is when you don't know what you want for dinner or you're driving around trying to find a place for dinner and you think to yourself, you're like, we might just have to go to McDonald's. And then you end up having like a fancy, nice meal. That's totally what happened. that a few times when we were like, when he lived like two blocks away from me and we were hanging out like all the time, there were a few nights where it was like, well, Ross doesn't get off until nine you wanna get food, I guess? And it's like, yeah, where do you wanna go? And we'd like go through a whole bunch of different places. And then we'd end up at some random hole in the wall and it'd be fantastic. Um, Or just like, oh, well, you know what? Let's try this place I've never been into before. That happened with us. I don't know if I've told you this story, but we were having one of those nights. Oh, I can't find a place to eat. I don't want Taco Bell. I don't want McDonald's. You know what? Let's try. let's talk, let's try Tinker street, which is, um, it's on 16th street in Indianapolis. It's literally, it's, it's like a one room building that is surrounded by its own parking lot. And there's a bike rack out front, there's patio seating. So from the outside, I had just always assumed that it was like a lunch or dinner place. And I just had never gone in there and I figured it was casual so Harrison and I walk up we were like just impromptu going to dinner right and I'm wearing this oversized set of overalls that have like paint splotches on them from the previous owner and I only have one strap on because it's like cool asymmetrical we're not
0: we're not too strapping it like, I'm not
1: too strapping it. I would no strap one, it
0: if I could. One overall strap on to
1: let yeah. them know that I can hang. And I'm like wearing beat up tennis shoes, Harrison's in like a beaten up denim jacket with a whole bunch of patches and scrapes on it. And we we get in there and they asked us three separate times, like, um, are you celebrating anything? <laughs> like.
0: Yes, we just finished painting the Louvre. Yeah, yeah.
1: Seriously. Oh, um, <laughs> we just got a huge commission for our art studio or something. Like we should have yeah. made something up. Yes. But we just kept. We being just like, got a grant oh. from the and government. At one point, dollars. they had poured us complimentary champagne. Um, their menu was like a limited dinner menu. It only had like three or four items, and each of them was like upwards of fifteen dollars just for the entree, and then you had to buy the sides. Um, every table yeah, was candlelit. Half of the room was in business casual, the other was in dressy casual, and
0: and there you guys are messing yeah. with the vibe.
1: Yeah, we're sitting in the middle, and Harrison looks at me. He goes, "Bailey, I think this might be like a fine dining establishment." And I was like, "I think there's <laughs> a <some wine> menu."
0: <laughs> oh, you think? Yeah. You know, you think it's a fine dining establishment? Like everything's priced separately here. Yeah. There's no combos.
1: Yeah. They they gave us complimentary champagne because it was our first time in. Like <laughs> right. we're, sitting, we're sitting across the table from who I can only assume is the mayor's assistant. Like
0: <laughs> I love going into those places where they're like, Are you celebrating anything tonight? I, I, I always know that my wallet's gonna be lighter when I leave. <laughs> yeah. If they ask me yeah. if I'm celebrating something, like I'm in, unless yeah, of course like- it's Chuck E. Cheese, in which case the
1: more they ask it, the more concerned I get. <laughs>
0: like- <laughs> <laughs> right. It's going to be twenty seven thousand dollars. I'm glad. I hope you've taken out a mortgage for this meal.
1: Yeah. Well, and uh, you know the irony of it was so we're sitting there, we're having our meal. Ross gets off early that night. He calls us and he's like, "Hey, where are you guys? Maybe I can meet you for dinner." And I said. <laughs> Okay, but you might want to go home and change first. I was like, if you have a button up in your car, just go ahead and throw that on. You're going to want it. (laughs) And he sits down and he goes, they asked me if I was celebrating anything tonight. (laughs) So, I, and then I remember toward the end of the meal, we're like all finishing up, and we've we've been kind of joking with the waitress about the fact that we we're like dressed like we're about to go back into the kitchen for a while. And Harrison looks at me, and he looks at his bill, and he goes, "You know what's really ironic is I've paid more to have Taco Bell delivered to my house before."
0: <laughs> well, the DoorDash fees will get you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially if you're on like prime hours or something. And I was like, yeah. you know, I feel like that's less of a testament to how often we eat out and more of a testament
0: to, to like, our laziness.
1: <laughs> you need to stop ordering off of DoorDash and Just Cook. <laughs> like, I Well, like, I mean,
0: is it? Taco Bell, like for me, like DoorDashing Taco Bell is weird because you can drive through at Taco Bell. So like you don't really have to get anything together. Yeah, just hop up and drive through and come back. Like that doesn't seem like it's worth it for DoorDash. Mm-hmm. For me, like DoorDash works best when you have to like when it's something that you would have to wait on. Yeah, and you'd have to go inside to get it. If, even if you did, you know, oh. like, like 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 let's say you wanted to have Outback Steakhouse or something, mm-hmm. but you didn't want to go out. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like then DoorDash would be totally worth it. Or if it's pizza, because like pizza delivery is. Well, it's always a mess at the pizza place to go in to pick it up. Like, <laughs> well, you know,
1: I also am so impatient with the del- like food delivery. Like, it's just not. It's never been what I would want to do. Like, if uh, like if I'm too lazy to cook, I might I, I I might be more inclined to skip dinner than order something in. <laughs> like, just because. But like, I don't really. It's like, I would rather have an activity to pre- proceed in the meal because otherwise I will forget that I'm hungry by the time it arrives.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, DoorDash, we used it quite a bit when like everything was locked down and you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. You no. Know? Uh, but like, I, I don't think we've used it in a long time. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, um, I've been on a cooking mm-hmm.
1: kick this week too. Um, I was telling Sydney, I was like, every time I make a great meal, I feel like I get more powerful.
0: Oh, so it's like Bailey' strength whenever you cook. Yeah,
1: seriously. Well, and like I don't know what it is, but I think that it's like one of those skills that is just for me and my people. Like I love cooking, but I wouldn't say that I ever want to be a master at it. Like I wouldn't want to be the like chef whose cookbook you buy, but I love knowing it and I love being good at it. Like I've made this week I made in total, I made a squash soup that was really good. Um, I made a pasta bake, uh, which I also made a garlic bread alongside it. And I like cooked the garlic. I like roasted the garlic in butter first and then put it on the bread. So it had this like crunch of roasted garlic and then it was covered in mozzarella cheese. So that was fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I made this week.
0: And super healthy.
1: I didn't say I was cooking healthy. When did I say I was cooking healthy? Did I do that? I don't think I did. Um, I think
0: you gave it away that you were in fact, not, I mean, the squash soup sounded pretty healthy, but then you jumped into the, you know, roasted garlic with mozzarella and it kind of took a turn. Yeah.
1: I'm thinking of, Oh, the other fancy thing. And I I wrote about this in my, my Substack newsletter this weekend, but um, there's a place on Pollock Shaw's road in like, which is like a 10 minute walk from my apartment. And it's called starter culture and their whole thing is like your charcuterie essentials. So, um, jams and jellies, they have fancy cheese, fancy meats, and then wine. So that's like the shop. And this week I bought two different types of very fancy cheese and I melted it down. And then I used a very fancy hot sauce and made like a gourmet mac and cheese roux. And I also bought a whisk this week. So it was like super creamy, smooth. And it was just like I felt like when I was taking a bite, I needed to leave my pinky up,
0: you know? <laughs> you went really high end and you bought yourself a wisp.
1: Yeah, I did. You wanna see it?
0: Uh, I mean, sure.
1: This is it. This is my whisk.
0: That's 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 a very standard metal wisp. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's nothing about it that's fancy, but it is
0: nothing fancy. I can't, I was looking for something to, you know, fancy. I couldn't even fancy it up with fake words. I couldn't even get snark together for it. Like, I know
1: I also bought pumpkin puree, um, which was like this whole thing. I've been searching for pumpkin puree because I want to make like a pumpkin tart, basically. Like I just have been in the mood for a pumpkin flavor
0: because it's because it's, yeah. So uh, uh, is, is Halloween a a thing in uh, Scotland?
1: It's a thing, but it's not the American version. Like, like America goes hard for Halloween, especially my friends. My friends go hard in the paint for Halloween. Like Sada is a literal clown. So um, they like, 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 it's a month long celebration back home. And I feel like here it's pretty much just like the weekend before.
0: Yeah. They're and doing like, like it, uh, the the ghost tours and stuff again. And, you know, Riley yeah. this weekend so yeah
1: like there is some of that like the stores have decorations and stuff but it's not like the everything dripping with halloween for a month and a half that back home is
0: yeah i mean we halloweened up a little bit this year here at the house with the decor we have three pumpkins stacked on the porch and uh one of our cool signboards and moms Mm -hmm. and then our other halloween decor is the fireplace with the uh, the canvas of the three witches, um, mm-hmm. which I love, they're whimsical little witches. You can see it on my Instagram.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, <laughs> but um, the, um, you know, we, we we're much more of a Christmas decoration kind of, folks. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, but, and I'll probably um, that's the one thing I need to make sure I leave space to pack back because. Um, Uh, I'm going to be spending Christmas here and I have several Christmas decor items that mean a lot to me and I like having them, but I didn't pack them initially because I knew I would be home in October to grab them. So
0: yeah, a couple weeks, you're going to be back here. It'll be fun doing one in person.
1: Ooh, Ooh. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Same
1: room. Weird.
0: Rabbling in the same room. What? So, um, so this week in Scotland, you basically did some in-house cooking, which... Well,
1: I ate. Um, that was important. Well, we <laughs> I'm trying have to it. think of... Um, <laughs> I had two dates this week, which was... Oh, exciting. how did they go? Um, Good. I, I say tentative good. I feel like both of the guys are pretty much like yellow... The light, like, like, I wouldn't say like, oh, yes, I'm going to be in a relationship with either of them. It's more like they were not weird. (laughs) Like, they passed the bar, and Sid was like, the bar is on the ground, and I was like, yeah, but they didn't. And they said, so Sid went, whoa, they didn't dig under it? And I was like, yeah, they didn't (laughs) dig under it. (laughs) One of them, I'm sorry to say, was a Patriots fan.
0: Um, so, why? I mean, like...
1: See, <laughs> that's a great question. I, I mean, no, yeah. you, no,
0: you know, there's... The, there's, I, I get it if someone's from Boston and they're a Patriots fan, okay? But, it, 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 you know, first off, I mean, there's this whole thing of the United States rebelled from the UK and Patriots are the people who like, rebelled the guy, from the UK. <laughs> I feel like
1: if you're going to make this argument, you should know that the guy was Scottish, so.
0: I mean. He's yeah, not really I,
1: particularly loyal to the crown, I guess. It's, I, I,
0: it's a I, I guess not. I mean, like, yeah. Like,
1: that, I, I, and you know I asked. So, I was like. So instead of, of God save the Queen, was he
0: thing you know, my country tis of thee? Is that the.
1: So. I, like, my specific, the way he said something about Tom Brady being great. And I specifically said, are you trying to fuck with me right now? Like, do you, you know, I'm from Indianapolis. Is that what that is? And he was like, Oh, you're a Colts fan. And I was like, bitch. <laughs> like, I was like, Oh no, no, no. And and he I was like, I'm sorry, let's let's just discuss why you like Tom Brady. And he was like, why wouldn't I like him? He has enough Super Bowl rings for every single finger. And I was like, yeah, but he's an asshole. And he was like, the, this direct quote from this accountant from Scotland, he goes, honestly, I think that you have to be an asshole if you're going to be that level of talented.
0: What? So here's the other thing. Why is he a Patriots fan? Tom hasn't played for them for three years. He plays for the Buccaneers.
1: So he was like a big fan of, like, I think that probably what it is, and this is with a lot of people, is like people who are around my age predominantly watched American football when they were younger, like started getting into it in like 2008 and then stuck with it maybe through high school age. And then have kind of piddled off from there. So he's been a Patriots fan since like ever. Right.
0: Yeah. And he hasn't given up.
1: And he just hasn't given it up. He did yeah. say he hated Bill Belichick, which I think if he had said anything kind about Bill Belichick, I would have been like, okay, okay. So you're a fucking idiot.
0: <laughs> I, I think he was digging himself under the bar for you, Bailey. Honestly.
1: Well, and honestly, I was like, I was like, put down the shovel. You don't when, need to do when, this. When
0: Bailey said, when, when when Sydney said the bar was on the floor, I mean, she was right. I mean, Patriot yeah. fans. Ugh.
1: Yeah, I was like, I was like, it's a good <laughs> thing you're funny about it because if you were uh, like the other thing about that guy that was funny was he was making a joke about like he had just taken a trip to Houston or something and he. He was joking about different cars that Americans drive and the fact that, like, every car in America is fucking huge as compared to here. And I was saying, I was like, yeah, what kind of car do you think I drive? And he goes, it's it's not a big-ass truck, is it? And I was like... (laughs) That it is.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, it's a big black Ford F-150. <laughs> and he's like, I feel like if I lived in America, he was like joking, but he goes, I feel like if I lived in America, I would get one of those big big ass F-350s. <laughs> and then I'd jack it up. And then I'd get those mega wheels where the rim almost goes all the way to the edge. <laughs> And I said, oh, do you want to do like undercarriage lights with that too just to really set it off? And he goes, oh, hell no. But the muffler, I want the muffler to be so big, it's basically not a muffler. Like, I want it to be as big as my fucking head. And I was like, oh, no, you're going to roll coal? And he was like, yeah, of course I'd roll coal. What the fuck? Why else would I drive a Ford 350? I'm not gonna roll, I mean, roll the
0: wheels come out the edges. What are you talking about? Almost to the edge, man. That's yeah.
1: like what's the point uh, of uh, yeah,
0: don't be a pussy. Like get get the real yeah. wire, get the get the yeah. wide. And
1: honestly, the reason I mentioned this rolling coal gimmick is just so that I can repeat my joke, which is I was saying, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna do that, just go to an abandoned parking lot, start rolling coal, then do donuts, call it a volcano.
0: Just <laughs> or tornado.
1: Ooh, tornado, that's good, especially with the Midwest.
0: Yeah, because volcanoes. That's
1: why I I call it Tornado Alley.
0: I mean, there are no volcanoes here in the Midwest, but there are plenty of tornadoes. um, Yeah, um,
1: but apparently there's this thing. And by plenty,
0: I mean like even one is too many.
1: Yeah, Um, so apparently (laughs) there's this thing here where people roll coal in hatchbacks, and the way you know is like it's a a good car for rolling coal is like the back of the hatchback is completely blacked out. Just disgusting to me, but apparently people do that.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. What, what, so I learned what about rolling
1: coal this week. Um,
0: so I want to, I want to know, like, because you know, maybe I'm a little bit uh, old. What do you mean by rolling coal?
1: You know those douchey guys with the huge trucks that they've fucked up the muffler on purpose and they've put a giant. Um, yeah, like
0: they have the pipe coming up out I, of the bed of the truck instead of yeah. the, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then they purposely like do something with the way they take off and slow down so that it pours out black smoke. That's rolling coal.
0: Oh. Yeah. yeah usually that's because it's a diesel. It. Like uh, gas engines won't emit black smoke unless they I understand broken. that it's
1: diesel, but that's just what it's called.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. So they're rolling. And and
1: I would I would just my 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 disclaimer for that is I don't like I'm certain that the people who roll coal understand that it's not coal in their cars. Because if they put coal in their cars, it won't run. Obviously it wouldn't work. So
0: they don't have steam engines in their cars.
1: Obviously not.
0: Let's hope not, anyway, because that's some old school engineering right there. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I can't believe I just taught you what rolling coal means.
0: I've never done that. Like, I've never. And you call
1: yourself either. a country boy?
0: I'm not anymore. I'm city. Your
1: slicker daughter you coal.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess I've I've been away from redneck culture long enough. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Uh, you know they they would call me a, a poser now. Um. You know. Oh yeah. well.
1: <laughs> oh well.
0: I like my car to be silent and not create a lot of smoke. So, I agree. I'm pretty much, pretty much that. I've always, I've always had a, a thing like, you know how guys like uh, get a Harley Davidson and they take the regular muffler off and put glass packs on it so that it like sounds like it's gonna, you know, knock the building down when they start when they start it up. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered why the hell they do that. I would want like a better muffler that makes it even quieter so mm-hmm. that when I start it up, it just goes so like, I, I don't um, want to hear it like what yeah yeah
1: i i like straight up like i don't know like like yeah i
0: i, I actually think a car, I sounds, like a, I would a car want or a motorcycle sounds more car, badass but than i would want to
1: have all new engines and shit
0: so. yeah i mean when a car to me when a car's quieter it's it's almost like scarier like it sneaks up on you so fast right yes Oh, um,
1: the other thing that happened this week is I went to this Mexican grocery store, um, which the Mexican food here is mid at best. In fact, I said that I said, oh, the Mexican food here is mid at best. And I said it in the refill station where I get my like essentials. And the lady behind the counter was from Boston. Um, and the, her like the her boss slash the owner who I know because I go to this refill station all the time. Um, was talking to me about it and then the girl behind the counter from Boston goes I would say calling it mid is generous <laughs> I was like <laughs> yeah oh. so I went to this Mexican grocery store and I got like banana peppers and salsa verde and big ass burrito sized flour tortillas but I also found bisquick
0: look at you can you make some bisquicks now
1: Yes, I'm gonna make a biscuits and gravy. I'm actually what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put this in the pantry and save it and then make biscuits and gravy around Christmas time because you're making me biscuits and gravy when I'm home.
0: That's true. I will. Yeah. Old Joe's world famous biscuits and gravy. The best.
1: Yeah, it's just biscuick and sausage gravy.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean my gravy recipe is what really does it. The biscuits are always I
1: think what really going to be excited about is the if fact you that want, i can actually I make, make the biscuits, biscuits from scratch gravy for my friends here as soon as i call make biscuits and gravy for my friends here you can call it world famous
0: that's true mm-hmm. yeah i mean i could like um freezer pack some and import it but the taxes crazy so I don't know
1: I, I don't see the need to do that when you have someone willing to just do it here so
0: okay except that and you I just bought Bisquick kind of
1: for. they made me pay three pounds for this
0: yeah that sounds about right three dollars yeah a like
1: a box of this quick probably like
0: it wasn't that expensive
1: yeah like four bucks
0: uh yeah it sounds about right yeah. yeah
1: so that's what I got
0: I mean, the reason that you use Bisquick is so that you don't have to cut the shortening into the flour. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's pre done. Yeah. It takes away half the work.
1: Well, it also takes away the part of the work where I have to have like all of the different ingredients for it. With this, I can make, I think they just say to add milk. M- yeah. A uh, two thirds cup of milk, <laughs> and that's it.
0: For so, biscuits, yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's very easy. They also <laughs> want you to do drop biscuits, but I hate doing drop biscuits. I like it when uh-huh. a biscuit has the like shape.
0: Right. You know? So you roll them out with extra bisquick to get them dry before you do, and then cut them into circles. Yeah.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to probably use this glass right here.
0: Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So. That'll make nice big fluffy ones with layers.
1: I know. Make I sure like you it fold it
0: over use- a few times and get some air in it.
1: Yeah. And then I'm gonna break them off into chunks and then pour the gravy on top because I like yeah. eating it as if I'm five. <laughs>
0: they're gonna uh the, the people there are gonna freak out at your biscuits because they're not cookies.
1: <laughs> well no actually what it is is like a or US crackers. biscuit is basically like a scone without sweetness in it. Mm-hmm. So like my friend Felix, his mom made him scones and like sent him home with some and they were sitting there and I was like, why do you have just like a box of biscuits sitting on your table? And he was like, those are scones. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, buddy, they seem like a biscuit to me. And he was like, I don't, that's so many levels of wrong. I can't even start. Well, yeah. Was because like,
0: biscuits are crackers or cookies, right?
1: Well, cookies, yeah. Right. So basically it was like, <laughs> like like he was thinking of like a like a like a dinner biscuit or whatever the fuck like one of those little hard cookies and he was like I thought that you guys called those like cookies and like yeah he, he just got like very confused with like the triangular like words and I was like yeah our biscuits are basically less sweet scones that we cover in gravy um and that's it <laughs> oh.
0: Here is a thing that, like, my my mind exploded on, like, maybe a month and a half ago. And mm-hmm. it was, like, one of these, I didn't realize things. So, when I, I was watching The Food That Built America. Have you ever watched that show?
1: Um, I feel like you've shown me an episode or two.
0: Okay. So, there was one that was about saltines and crackers, right? Mm-hmm. And the first crackers were called biscuits because... Like, you know, that it was the same kind of terminology, right? Mm -hmm. And the first company to make them was the National Biscuit Company. That's Mm -hmm. the name of them. And they shortened that to Nabisco. Oh. And I was like, Nabisco means National Biscuit Company? Yeah. Like, my whole (laughs) what? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you know, it happened like a hundred years before. I was born or something that they shortened it. (laughs) So like Nabisco makes all sorts of things, not just biscuits or whatever, but they like, you know, all these different kinds of cookies and things that Nabisco makes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, that's just crazy. It was Mm -hmm. the National Biscuit Company, wicked. Like, (laughs) and the branding worked better as Nabisco, obviously, because it's shorter. But Mm -hmm. secondly, because like the biscuit That like Americans in the South make are you know a bread product, not a you know a a, a little cookie cracker kind of thing. You know (laughs) what?
1: I am just realizing also, and it's because you were talking about National Biscuit Company. uh, Is I also bought that set of golf clubs this week, and I I sent you a video of it.
0: But all right, right. yeah, yeah.
1: One of the interesting things about that is that like half that set. So uh, so just for those listening along, dad already knows this, but, um, I bought a set of golf clubs for 20 quid, which is like 25, maybe like $23, right? Like $25 around there. Um, and it's literally, it's just like a bare bones, old as fuck, like golf club set. And then like the nice leather bag (laughs) from like, probably the nineties and half of that set is Crosley clubs, which are made here in Glasgow or were, I don't, I don't know if they still make those clubs here, but like (laughs) half of them are local clubs, which is kind of interesting. Like my seven iron is a Crosley. Do
0: you have actual Scottish golf clubs?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're Scottish as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I sent a picture of that set to my coworker, Bud, and he goes, the way I would play any round of golf with those clubs, just to see how it is. He was like, I want three cameras on me while I do it to make so much content. And I was like, that's why I got them. I was like, I'm going to learn how to play golf on these like shitty ancient Scottish golf clubs.
0: (laughs) So have you gone to a, like, I know you've gone to cover golf at a golf course there, but have you gone to play?
1: No, I'm looking for, so I found a few courses that do one-on-one lessons and I'd like to do a one-on-one lesson, but really what I'm trying to find is like just a driving range. Cause my main thing when I have played golf before is I'm really fucking bad at like making contact with the ball. I'm like, if I can just get consistent with hitting the ball, like my handicap is going to go away. <laughs> so
0: here's the thing. You have to like put your eye on the ball and keep your eye on the ball as you hit the ball.
1: Right. But like, again, don't, don't look
0: where I, the ball is going to go. Just look at the ball and hit it and then figure out where it went. That's are you
1: trying to do this golf instruction via zoom,
0: right? Yes. Now? Yeah. And it's an easy lesson. Just look at the ball the whole time don't worry about where it goes you'll find it
1: it is <laughs> fine that you're telling me this now but you want me uh-huh. to keep it in the back of my head for several uh-huh. days until i go to a driving range
0: with a bucket but of the thing is this is recorded so you can pull it up right before on your phone and play the podcast this section of it and you'll get the same instruction it's awesome
1: future bailey Listen to your father.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So anyway, you know I'm not gonna be there when you're on the course to give you that guidance. So I had to give I would
1: also argue that as you have not been present for me trying to hit a ball, maybe my problem is that I just haven't practiced enough to know where the end of my clubs are.
0: Uh, I don't think that's the problem, but okay. <laughs> you don't have to practice to make contact with the ball. You have to practice to like make the ball where go where you want it to go.
1: Well, again, it's like mm-hmm. I just don't know where the fucking ball is. Like I'm looking at it, and then I swing, and even if I'm leaving my eyes there, I miss it. <laughs> because I don't know where the fuck the club mm-hmm. is. In my it sounds
0: like a hand-eye coordination issue.
1: Oh, Bailey Shelton with a hand-eye coordination issue? Well, that's really
0: weird, because you used to be able to hit baseballs. Like, they're flying through the air, and you could hit them. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, but that's different. You
0: weren't like, you know, you never played baseball or softball, but that was mostly because, you know, I, I didn't want you to play those sports that require me to be, like, all summer long following you around.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's I know that's it's bad parenting, but it's you know
1: it's it's you know what? What's really interesting about like being an adult and coming back to the sport in- industry because like people ask me all the time, they're like, Oh, are you super into golf? Have you played golf for a while? And, and like the answer is no, but I think that what's really weird about it is it's something that like I do respect and see the value for. And part of that is because I did track and field all through high school and met some really great people who taught me that like being an athletic woman doesn't mean that you're a certain type of person. Right. Um, But... I think that that's really what has kind of hit me with with covering golf and, and talking about golf and talking to other people about what I do for a living is it's really interesting to me that more women like me would never think to golf, right? Like they, they, it has never even occurred to them that that's something that they might want to do. And so That is kind of like, that's kind of an interesting point to me is just, I, I really, I think that growing up, I, I'm glad that I wasn't in the like travel leagues and stuff like that. But I think that like the real lesson from the amount of activity that I did do was always that like, rather than being competitive as the main like plus side to playing sports, the main plus side to playing sports is that sports breed camaraderie, right? Like, like even if you're playing a solo sport, like track and field, like putting in the hours to work toward a skill with a whole bunch of other people who are around your age is always going to be like a helpful tool for learning how to be a person,
0: you know? <laughs> well, which is why I like required you to do one sport. Yeah. You're choosing, Right.
1: Yeah. So, as someone
0: who played, you know, multiple sports, my whole youth, um, I there was a lot of value in all the friendships and the like, and getting learning to get along with people that like that 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 you that helps you in other parts of your life, right? Because it's like you know you you have to learn to get along with people, especially like for me, team sports are more that way um, because you can be really, really good at a team sport and still lose a lot because your teammates don't get along with you or don't, (laughs) you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, yeah, you could be uh, like, for example, uh, you know, Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, his first season was terrible. The rest of his team wasn't good, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, And, and it was, you know, it was brutal you have to build they the like, team they won like three games you know it was like you know the, the the rest of the team had to come along too you know yeah uh,
1: so. well and that's kind of it's like i think that i've always liked sports media a little bit when they tell the stories of camaraderie you know like i i really love those moments and i think that like sometimes you think that's just movie magic and then you experience like a sports moment in real life, like in high school or you're on the bus on the way to a track meet and you look around and you're like, oh, this is it. This is like enjoying your fellow man. (laughs) Like like, it's really, it doesn't have to be like this big poignant, like we just won the Olympic basketball game against Russia. Like you, you don't have to have that big of a moment to still feel that. You know. well
0: I mean I, I think um l- l- you know sometimes just winning a match against like the crosstown rival or yeah. a game against the crosstown rivals you know I, I my uh, my freshman year in football we beat Muncie Central in freshman JV and varsity football mm-hmm. and like just be it was it was like we we weren't good uh our varsity team I think we won one game mm-hmm. maybe2 uh, my freshman year but one of those was against central and that's all that really mattered <laughs> you know it was like yeah. it was like you know we, we 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 may have gotten beaten to death by everybody else but at least mm-hmm. we beat them you know and yeah. so there was like a um, there's a certain amount of uh you know in sports you can always be a little romantic about the 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 game that you did win and mm-hmm. you know kind of toss away the ones where you got beat you know, for example, 86 to 7 by Warren mm-hmm. Central, you know, or or something like that. <laughs> well,
1: another example is, um, so I lived in St. Louis and worked for the St. Louis, I worked for St. Louis Magazine as an intern the, the summer that the Blues won the World Cup, right? The Stanley Cup. Yeah. And obviously, I've never been a hockey fan, never followed hockey um but i'll be damned if i don't have a st louis blues jersey from that summer you know, you should <laughs> but, know that like, more. and it's just it's purely i think that moments like that really define an area in a way that you can't put your finger on you know it's like they hadn't won for it had been 40 years since they'd even been in the stanley Cup Finals um and 40 years since they won and it was you know uh a in a season where they started out their season on the bottom of the league, right? And they worked their way up and they went to the final game in, in the playoffs and ended up walking away with the trophy and the entire city came unglued about it. I was working at an opera theater while it happened and we were watching the game on our phones while we waited for the opera to let out. And like just me and all the other opera workers just standing around the phone watching hockey And I remember as soon as the opera let out, it was like the last 10 minutes of the game and none of us are paying attention to the patrons except for when every single patron walked up to us and asked us the score, right? It's like these people (laughs) knew the final game was going on, didn't buy tickets, didn't stay home, are not hockey fans, are dressed in their best, and they're talking to us after they just watched like... A masterful piece of culture because they want to know the sports score, right?
0: And and because that's a big part of the culture, you know.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: And you know, remember we won the Super Bowl with the Colts, and you know there were all those big parades. The like, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a huge thing for a city, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, and that, and I remember distinctly the year that the Super Bowl was at Indianapolis. And I remember like all the celebrations around that. I also remember the game because it was new England's versus the giants.
0: Yeah. And, and Eli Manning beat the Patriots. It was beautiful.
1: It was beautiful. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. And that's uh, why we
1: like Eli Manning, even though he's uh, never played for Indianapolis. He's
0: we we, we, so we love Eli Manning because a, he's a great guy and he's funny. Yeah. That's, you true. know, and, um, so, you know, the best thing in the world, I don't know if you've gotten any kind of seeing of it, but uh, on Monday Night Football now, ESPN does the coverage, but ESPN two has the same game on, but Peyton and Eli are the broadcasters instead of the regular people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's just fantastic because they are not like regular broadcasters. They do the broadcast the way it should be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like they're hanging out and talking about the game. But sort of not talking about the game, like talking about whatever. Ooh, mm-hmm. did you just see that? Like, and they'll stop and sometimes break down a play. But, let, I mean, it's just the best thing ever. I'm like, you know, having two absolutely brilliant football minds, but also very funny people. Mm-hmm. You know? And they always bring in a guest. You know, like every quarter they have a different guest with them. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and a lot of the time it's like players that are still in the league, you know, that play mm-hmm. on other teams that aren't playing that night.
1: You you've told me about this because they had Tom Brady
0: on and it was like they had Tom Brady on of... one once. They had um like they had Pat McAfee on, which is always mm-hmm. great because Pat McAfee's very funny. Um <laughs> and you know, and good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and his show's doing outstanding. Like he has the daily show now on uh Sirius XM <laughs> and YouTube. Yeah. Um so anyway. We should uh, transgress into our season two of Gilmore Girls, which is totally yeah. not on that topic, but I can see the time that's happening up there at the top and going yeah. we should chat about this. Um I I, I there, there's a couple of things like season two kicks off. Um and it kind of picks up right where we left off with season one, right? Mm-hmm. Um and it's like uh we we learn that I, I, I You know, at the end of the first season, last episode, I thought she was telling Rory that she had said yes, but she hadn't. (laughs) She had not made a decision yet, which, you know, was cool, right? Um, And so, but everybody thought she was going to.
1: Well, because she was excited about it. She was telling the whole town, handing out flowers.
0: Right. Right. But she hadn't said yes yet.
1: But she hadn't said yes yet.
0: Yeah. And um and then she was um talking to Luke. She had to tell Luke, and the whole town that was kind of funny. The whole town was kind of lined up behind. Yeah,
1: when they were like crowded around the windows. <laughs>
0: yeah. And and Rory's like, okay, you have to tell him right now. <laughs> Why? Well, because somebody's gonna come through that window. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I love that he was like he totally like undermined the whole situation, like really fast because he had already figured it out, and <laughs> and so it, he was like all prepared with this. Hey, where are you going to live? Where are you going to still work afterward? Like these questions that he knew would cut her in the in half, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and in her saying yes without knowing those things is a testament to the exact point that Luke made and made well which is buddy don't think you're ready for marriage yet
0: definitely not with this guy because you haven't even talked about this stuff yeah Yeah.
1: definitely not with this guy because you haven't even talked about this stuff and you guys are different enough that you should talk about it because it's not an obvious answer. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like like it's one thing if you guys have already had your lives kind of intertwined together, right? Like mm-hmm. I think that if we were to talk about it with like her and Luke, which foreshadowing um the answers are pretty fucking straightforward because they live in the same town they already see each other every single day they have a bit of a life and a routine built together yeah like <laughs> like he's already fixing up her fucking house and shit so <laughs> uh,
0: so i was like score one for luke because i think yeah. he just did like a fabulous job of hey actually he was a really good friend about it you yeah. know, but it was also self-serving because he doesn't want her to marry him. Well, marry.
1: And I feel like we always have, like, I don't know if you've had a conversation with your friend about something like that before, but I've had conversation with my friends where it's like, okay, I'm about to ask you some motherly questions. And like, I want you to know that it's just that I need to hear the answers before I can give you any sort of like tell on my opinion. <laughs> like, right. Like someone will say, oh, I'm dating this guy again, or, oh, I've done this career choice or, oh, I'm moving to this place. And I'll be like, okay, well, let me ask some follow-up questions about why and how and when, and then we'll get to the, the, the crux of how I actually feel about it. So I think that's what Luke's doing.
0: I kind of love how this, like, how they, like, the the storyline of this episode rolls because they go to Emily's, which, by the way, is now the real house, not the fake one from the first season. Like, yeah,
1: like they have the staircase. I was like, oh, it was the no, season no, breakdown. They got some season no, one funding and they put the, it into the set. And-
0: between season one and two, the Gilmore's apparently removed the wall between their rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and opened up the concept in there because you know now we can see the staircase and everything well
1: and that bedroom that is rory's is now upstairs but we won't see that until later
2: yeah yeah
0: so it
1: was weird that it was on the first floor anyway like it did not make sense
0: <laughs> yeah i love they changed the they, they started to refine the set um, Yeah.
1: So we're having a conversation about When it.
0: they come in, though, I, I kind of love this, like, the way this kind of plays a little bit uh, because um, Rory is finished in the top 3% and they're all excited. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and Rory and Lorelei already know, which I think is hilarious because, of course, they already know. <laughs> you finished in the top 3%. You, and, 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 like She already knows, Richard, and he's like, I told you to wait for me. It was like, <laughs> they already, already knew, knew. <laughs> they knew before anybody told them yeah yeah um and so they go in to eat and then Lorelai decides she's going to call Max, Max and ask all these questions and he, she decides to tell Rory that she said yes with her eyes but they don't tell Emily and Richard which I think is kind of really, really the truth is it's still her questioning it you yeah. know, it's it's still Lorelai questioning it. Like, that moment is when I was, like, when I saw it the first time, that moment when she didn't just tell everyone was the moment when I was, like, oh, this probably isn't still going to happen. Like, I, I you know, <laughs> like...
1: This goes back to a conversation we've had before. Uh, because you asked me earlier on in season one, like, about, like telling your parent that you're dating someone like Dean. Right. And I, the, the thing I said was like, I don't like the idea of assuming someone I'm dating is important enough for you to remember. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's exactly what that moment kind of screams for me is like, I don't know, like the idea that you've said yes to marrying someone and it still hasn't reached the precipice of like, this is important enough that I have to tell my mom.
0: Yeah. So So then she tells Suki um, and I love the whole thing where Jackson starts panicking because if she's getting married, we're going to have to get married. This isn't.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and (laughs) I I, I texted you when I was rewatching it because one of my favorite jokes from the early part of season one is one that like, you don't even, you don't even hear it until you know later, Um, Uh but they like heavily foreshadow the plot line with them. By And I'm like, it has to be intentional because it's just too perfect, right?
2: Uh-huh.
1: So it's like Lorelai is talking to, to Suki and he go, she goes, oh, I know what's happening. He's hearing you talk about, oh my God, your best friend's getting married. Isn't that so perfect? Wouldn't it be so perfect if we got married? And Lor- Suki's like, she says something along the lines of, um... Yeah, you next thing you know I should be talking about how um you you're pregnant and Laura goes with twins and Suki goes, "Huh? Could you imagine?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next time he's here I'm telling him you're pregnant. I think is what she yeah. said, but
1: Yeah, next well. time I'm here you're he's here I'm telling her him you're pregnant. Yeah. Oh, with twins. Oh, even better!
0: (laughs) Right. So um, then, since they're having a celebration, they go back to the Gilmore's, and in in between, um, no, I don't think it's even in between. In between the the Gilmore's, they go they go there, and um, she brings Dean along for the celebration. Oh, and they chew Dean out. Like this is.
1: It's like they really front loaded season two with like a lot of heavy conversation.
0: They did because they're like, like you know, it's gonna play right. It's gonna play hard Um, real quick. Like they, uh, it's like we've introduced these people and now we're gonna dig into their lives and you're gonna see them in a more uh, deep way. You know, so it's it's amazing how
2: it's amazing.
0: Yeah, they all sit down. I I felt like it was. you know, and Richard decides that he's going to start asking Dean's questions about his future, which, honestly, this is the thing that, like, a guy, like a dad might do. Yeah. You know, like, it's it, it wasn't that bad. It was that he was so condescending in the way that he did it. You know? Yeah.
1: Like, we've, I know that you have had moments where you've done this exact sizing up but you're nicer about it like like I've seen you do this and we've talked about like you've pulled back the curtain of parenthood a few times and like there have been set, like multiple men I've dated where you have been like yeah that won't last <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. like that poor guy he's screwed
0: <laughs> <laughs> well like You know, I I didn't even say it to you, like, until after it was gone, you know, because it isn't my place. But Richard might have, you know, like, he might have just jumped right in there and said, yeah, this isn't going to work. Because, And that's what he did kind of with Dean. You know, he kind of tore him to the ground. And it's like, you know, the the thing is that Richard's Dean already knows that it ain't going to work. It it already it already didn't. And even though he's back with her, it's a tenuous relationship. And 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 it's going to play out in the next couple episodes a little bit, too, because Dean isn't good enough for her in some ways. Now, he could be, but the problem is he isn't willing to let himself be good enough. It isn't because he isn't good enough as a person. It's because he is not he doesn't have enough confidence in himself to overcome those issues. <laughs> well,
1: And I also think you know? it's. It's a little bit like they want different things, right? Like
0: yes. later yeah. on I mean, in the series. We've already seen a little he, bit of it, right? With like, the- do
1: you get what he wants, right? And it's like, it's a little bit like, okay, Rory was never going to be that. Will never be that, right? <laughs> right. So there's no point in saying, like, oh, well, Dean's not good enough for her. In a lot of ways, Rory's not up to snuff for what Dean wants. because
0: Dean. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that either. But, like, yeah. in, in order for Dean to be with Rory, he has to be a much more confident person in himself because yeah. she is so confident about whatever she's going to go do that yeah. if he isn't confident in himself, he's going to feel less.
1: Well, <laughs> and on top of that, it's I feel like the work. real breakdown of it is, like, when she's not confident, he, like, does not know what to do with it. Because
2: she yeah, yeah. freaks out
1: about extracurriculars. I yeah. think it's, it's, it's in one of these episodes somewhere. It's in, like, it's in the second
2: about, one, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. She, she's about to, in the next episode, she freaks out because she feels like she doesn't have enough extracurriculars to get into Harvard. And right. he, rather than thinking, uh, like, around the situation... Just immediately devolves into you don't have time to me. You're ignoring me. You hate me. Blah blah blah. This isn't going to work. And it's
0: like, well, he devolves into that because of his lack of confidence. And like his lack yeah. of confidence is really what hurt him with Richard, right? Yeah. I was like, like
1: what is uh-huh. what is keeping you, Dean, from saying, okay, well, if you want to put more extracurriculars into your schedule and live this life further, like what we, I Sydney. Close. <laughs> <Plus. laughs> Like what what's keeping you from saying, okay, well, if you want to work in more extracurriculars, let's sit down. I'll be with you at the kitchen table. We'll plot out what extracurriculars you want to or need to add to your schedule. Because guess what? I can do the extracurriculars with you without going to children. Like now our date night is we're volunteering at the pound together.
0: Like Yeah, I mean he could have totally gone to the hammers (laughs) thing with her. Right. Yeah. He could have gone and worked on the house like anybody yeah. can volunteer for that. They don't have to be Chilton students. You yeah. know? <laughs> but yeah. but he didn't like, you know, like I said, it's it's not about yeah. those things. Really, it's about the when people work together, they need to have the same confidence level in themselves. Right. Yeah. Or if there's going to be a power dynamic one way or the other, if someone is really, really confident, they can't be with people that aren't confident also because it'll end up being that's why that's why the fallout happens right it's because one of them will be doing something and the other one will be like so oh they don't like me anymore they're off doing that because Mm -hmm. they're not confident in themselves that they're good enough
1: (laughs) well like i've i've had that work happen to me in real life many times because um like not to toot my own horn or anything but i'm kind of a boss bitch like a little bit like i
0: not to toot your own horn not
1: to toot my own horn but i've really got my shit together okay and i like and i'm aware of that and i know that people i've dated are aware of that but then they don't have their shit together and they can't (laughs) keep up because i'm i am impatient about it like i can't (laughs) I, i i can't deal with people who don't have a vision for who they are or who they want to be it's Irritating, <laughs> like, and it, it's just—it's one of those things where part of me has to like step back from feeling like that's childish behavior to be in your mid twenties and have no direction. Like, like you don't want to you don't know what you want to do with your life, and you're a quarter of a century in. That's insane. That's so, an insane thing to think.
0: So, like, uh, when you we we talk about this, talk about some insecurities, the side story is all about insecurities because it's Lane, right? Yeah. And Lane is getting sent to Korea for the summer, and she's concerned that her parents are sending her away forever. And then, like, my favorite scene in the whole first episode and the second one, really, Mm -hmm. is that scene where Lane is standing next to her suitcase. (laughs) That, That suitcase is literally as tall as her. It's not even, like... You know, I, I'm like, You're, I don't even think you could actually buy that kind of a suitcase. It had to be made as a prop, right?
1: Well, I think, I think it was like what it is, is they tall. took the suitcase and they just enlarged it in the frame. <laughs> I think it's not actually there. Because I was thinking about that. I was like, how did they get it in the set?
0: <laughs> it's so big. I was like, oh my God. I started just like, I was like Lane's suitcase is fucking huge. You know, like, Honestly, oh my god! Given the evidence,
1: I, I I also wasn't sure. I was like, I don't how know. How long are there. you going?
0: <laughs> Jesus, that's like it's like they packed a the house in the suit. She could live in that thing. Like it was, a, yeah, yeah. It was like a tent. Like <laughs> it was massive. You yeah. know, uh, so I love that. And then, like, uh, I think it's in the next episode when she goes away and they show her taken off. And they've uh, put that thing on the hood of the roof of the car, and it mm-hmm. takes up the entire roof of the station wagon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like strap. Yeah. It's like, well, it's and massive.
1: Yeah, and the and the re- resolution to that I love because she comes back and she likes being Korean more than she did before.
0: Which yeah? is why I think her mom sent her to Korea because yeah. she wanted her to uh, like. You know, the thing is. Well, they don't communicate well. I think sometimes Lane's mom is much more in tune with Lane than Lane thinks she is. Right. And yeah. one of those things she was like, I don't think she realizes her. The reason she doesn't like being Korean is that she's not been Korean, you know, Yeah. and and she needs to go to Korea, you know.
1: Yeah. Like and, she, um, she thinks that she's like an American girl, but weird because yeah. she's this Korean factor to her, but she's not. She's and just she, a Korean yeah. girl who also is American, right?
0: Right, well, and also, Lane's mom is not Korean either. No. <laughs> not anymore, right? And but and she's very rebellious, just like Lane. <laughs> we just yeah. don't find that out until later, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But, like, you know, so it, I, I, lo- I love that dynamic like, on the side, because it, like it's uh, the, the point counterpoint that they do with this script, which is just beautiful all the way through the series is mm-hmm. Lane and her parents versus the Gilmores. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and what we're getting ready to see with Emily, which is where Suki calls Emily and tells her about the wedding mm-hmm. because she's telling her about the bridal, bridal shower. Um, and it, and it causes a rift. Right. I mean, which mm-hmm. it would <laughs> I mean, Yeah. let's be real.
1: Um, yeah sure. it's like it's like one of those things where i i love that this show really takes turns on whose whose fault it is right
0: mm-hmm. yeah because but, really real life works right <laughs> but
1: yeah. with this one it's it's just absolutely fucking like like it, it's like perfect and imperfect at the same time because like the only reason Richard apologized to Rory is because Suki called. Because
2: well,
1: because Suki made that phone call, Emily said, "You need to apologize to her because I don't want my relationship with my do- my granddaughter to be this."
0: Well, actually, I mean, even before that, Emily was irritated with Richard because Emily had already had the insight to see. That, you know, she she he was being way too over the top with Dean because she didn't think it would last anyway, right? Yeah. Like she had a, you know, yeah. she didn't like Dean, but she didn't think it would last anyway. She didn't yeah. have that kind of confidence in it, and she was just letting it go, right? Yeah. And then Richard just like kind of, you know, jumped the gun and went all in, and she wasn't quite there. She was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I think Rory will take care of this on her own. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like A little bit of confidence there, which she wouldn't have had in Lorelai, you know, but she totally had it in Rory. Right. And then the um, that happened with her not telling her about her getting married. And Emily had a moment of, you know what? I screwed up so badly some point along the line that she can't even tell me she's getting married and I do not. Want that to happen with Rory. Like mm-hmm. we can still not screw that up. You know what I mean? Yeah, this door <laughs> like isn't
1: closed yet. And I would prefer if we don't slam it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's what she was. Uh that's that, that's the epiphany that she had. And when she told Richard that, it like it, it like shook him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, listen, our daughter's getting married and didn't tell us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what kind of wake-up call you need, but you need to get one right now and go apologize to Rory. Yeah,
2: seriously.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if you want to have this relationship, which I know you want, because I can tell Mm -hmm. how much you care about her. um, This isn't the way. Yeah. (laughs) We got to do something different because this is not working. Well,
1: and it's like one of those things where, like, I could 100% also see where seeing her father rip dean apart was really a scare you back in the closet kind of way right like mm-hmm. like it's like oh if you thought i wasn't gonna tell you that i'm getting married tonight like, after tonight i'm definitely not gonna tell you because I think you can't was, even handle Lori bringing a boy to dinner
0: i think she was planning to tell him right? yeah you know and and then that happened and she didn't really get a chance to talk about anything right yeah. because you know that whole thing just happened right you know right away yeah. you know
2: yeah.
0: it, like she should have told her when she told Rory but yeah. she didn't and then she was going to and got stuck not telling her and it really went south right yeah. mm-hmm.
1: horribly south yes
0: Right. And well, so then, and that's... you know, then we get into the next episode, like we already kind of had with Dean and uh, Rory, but then like where it really, you know, Lorelei tries to fix it by bringing Max over yeah, to see Emily, right? Yeah. And then they get into their shouting match and Emily has to tell her, hey, I didn't like that. You didn't care enough about me to tell me about your wedding, you know, and that I had to find out from a stranger, you know, yeah. <laughs> And and which, you know, puts Lorelei back into her peg because she was out of shape and pissed, right? (laughs) Yeah,
1: that was, yes, that was bad. Well, yeah,
0: yeah. And, uh, you know, um, and so. um, Oh,
1: um, I also, you know, I want to take this opportunity to just let you know that I would never father of the bride you.
0: (laughs) What do you mean?
1: You know, in Father of the Bride where she comes back from a like three-month trip to Italy and she's engaged, <laughs>
2: right. um,
1: which is already a ridiculous notion that you would know somebody in a vacation destination for three months and think, oh, this will work in real life. Um,
0: Brian McKenzie.
1: But instead of saying, hey, I'm seeing somebody while she's on the phone or maybe mentioning that it's getting serious and like a letter back or something. She waits until she's at dinner, the first night home. And she's like, Oh, I don't know if I can make plans for the future with my family because I'll be married. Right. Which is a very Lorelei not telling her mom about the wedding moment. And I just want to let you know that like, if i were to ever find someone who's worth marrying you would know almost immediately
0: like, oh, good thank you i'm glad i, we think, could that it, kind
1: of I think i don't know who i would call before you like, like i think that you you or mom would get the call first and then the other one would get it second
0: so the thing that i love about the hammers and Veils episode which is number two like, you know, the first part of it we kind of talked about. The second part of it is the actual wedding shower, right?
2: Yeah.
0: And um, like, it, it's hilarious. Like, the wedding shower itself is ridiculous, right? It's in the yes. town square. Yeah, it's like, it, <laughs> like treating
1: it like a festival. Like,
0: I mean, this is how I love they Lorelei really, for really.
1: is. You the lucky couple.
0: Her, like... You think about how much everybody in town loves Lorelei, it's that. Like, their wedding shower, his, her wedding shower is on, they're on thrones in the middle of the town square. Right. Yeah. And uh, and Kirk, I mean, he is like at his best right here. It is like the it is like the start of I mean, we've we've seen only little bits of Kirk, but finally they've really found his stride. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he comes rolling through with the bullhorn. And he's like the buffet line is a clogging in sector B. <laughs> I <laughs> and like that Lorelei
1: t- takes the bullhorn from him.
0: Oh, well, that that part was hilarious. Like, let me see that, and she just walks off.
1: Yeah, as and you love, would.
0: Right. And I love when uh, Rory's talking to Kirk, and he's like watching the girls tap, and mm-hmm. uh, and Rory says, "What, Kirk? You're not going to go do tap?" He's like, "I don't tap anymore. Bum knees." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he, like he ever tap danced. It's
1: well, funny. especially because the the tap group in question is a bunch of. Like child girls in wedding gowns and veils. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rory was already fucking with him because she was implying that he might be part of the group of children in bridal gowns.
0: But he answers it all seriously. Oh, I don't tap anymore. Bum knees. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and um, uh, so, Lorelei, like, I, I think it's. Um, funny that she goes to get luke right Mm -hmm. like that part like you know max you should be scared dude she just went to get luke to come to the shower bridal
1: shower yeah yeah
0: and he wasn't gonna go at
1: her bridal shower and she went who is missing
0: he's like the only person in town that isn't there and so he comes i love him he comes over and sits with the three little girls that's Mm -hmm. that was awesome you know
2: yeah
0: as he looked at them and um and then Lorelai makes up at the end, right? She goes to ask for veil advice, and she tells her she should wear a, t- a tiara because that's what she wore. Mm-hmm. And I liked that moment. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, episode three because we need to move faster. We're very slow. You told me last time. We yeah. are. Um, so the <laughs> they're on a, a wedding cake sampling at, at the other base at what, uh, the other bakery in town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I love the entire
1: the, time this is happening, I'm like, um, Suki's making the cake though. Then, like,
0: Rory, then Rory mentions it, right? <laughs> she says, uh she says, is it right to be sampling wedding cakes when Suki's making yours? <laughs> what is right? Is,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Um, um, I'm trying to remember what else is in this episode. I remember it. Oh, and Kirk applies to be a photographer. With yes. her and Max. And yeah. And then rude. she's
1: like, What about I pay you nothing and you get a free meal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I also yeah. love that like there's a uh there's a he like got pictures of like you know VJ Day and stuff mixed in. Well, this is the sort of photography that I do. <laughs> and then he's, like, he took. he's like he's oh, like
1: I I this is the one where Max stays the night, right? Like he's yeah. staying for the weekend.
0: Yeah, he And more life freaks out a bit about it. Who well, knows? and it's,
1: it's really weird because I think what's more interesting to me than Lorelai freaking out, which I think she's being a fucking baby, to be honest. It's like, is it weird to have a person in your bed? You've never like, you're willing to share a bed with your child, but not the guy that you've been sleeping with.
0: At his house.
1: At <laughs> his house. Yeah. I was like, right, you, yeah. you've, been over like like you've shared a bed with him before why is it weird because it's your bed oh it's because you don't want to marry him and you're freaking out
0: but um well and and like the 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 funny dynamic there for me is the next morning when they go to Luke's for breakfast and Luke is just way nice to him like he's like because brown is your color my friend or something like that
1: (laughs) so he also like like the thing about it that hurts is like Rory just has not keyed into the fact that like Lorelai is gonna get cold feet yet. And
0: she totally hasn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she
1: just totally hasn't yet. And it's almost heartbreaking because you're like what you're really seeing is that Rory wants to have like a father figure in her life, right? Like she so quickly like warmed up to Max and wanted him in her life and was enjoying having him there. And there are other people like that in her life, but you can just tell that it's like, she would really love to have a secondary parent, you know?
0: Like, well, and I I, like, there's like little clues everywhere that it isn't going to work. Like every little thing with max, like little things that just, you know, I can tell they're bothering Lorelai. Like he won't order, you know what I'm saying? He's not joining into their little goofiness and just ordering whatever. He has to like seriously contemplate the menu, and that's just irritating to her. You well, know? <laughs> it's not
1: even he's seriously contemplating the menu. He looks at it for two seconds and she's like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He is, is like, seriously he, contemplating the menu more than like, you know, it's like
1: it's a diner. <laughs>
0: it's a diner. You're going to get diner foods, like, you know. Yeah. And, and,
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) so it's like, yeah, it like what really stuck out to me was like Lorelai is clearly irritated and Rory is actually just really happy to have another person there in the like parent dynamic. Like I was thinking about it because um, (laughs) this is silly and I do not mean to call him out at all. Um, But like I watched this episode right after my birthday and Joe, my stepdad did not call call me on my birthday. And Aww. it really bummed me out. And I was like, I don't know why that bummed me out so much. I have four parents. <laughs> like, like I had a phone call <laughs> with Sarah for part of it and it didn't really work out. And that kind of bummed me out too. But I did talk to you and I talked to mom, but it was like, like I don't know. It, it Like I kind of feel for Rory here when she's like, almost taken by max and the idea of having like max in the household like she's like she's like looking at him in the kitchen while she he's like showing them that they have a broiler and she's like whoa (laughs) (laughs) because he can cook yeah because he can cook right like she's like realizing there are other like parental things around the house that she's not been experiencing because she just has her mom
0: so sidebar to that like they're um they're in the diner right and the and Taylor starts installing the uh traffic light and Luke gets pissed, right? Mm-hmm. And then the funniest scene in this episode comes up because and I I don't want to fail to mention it because it like made me laugh for like 5 minutes, mm-hmm. which is Taylor's like trying to like do the official unveiling of the of the traffic signal mm-hmm. and Luke is just like I mean, he is just peppering him with questions that like the whole town standing there, like, yeah, Taylor, like <laughs> mm-hmm. basically they're all on Luke's side on this one, right? This yeah. is stupid, right? We don't need a stoplight here, you know.
1: This town <laughs> is tiny. Why would we need a stop?
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's never a traffic problem here. There was almost an accident last year, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I like yeah, almost there was that means there wasn't an accident here, <laughs> you know, and um and then he has put that sign up, and it like, has the, the rules on it for crossing. And it's just huge. And everybody's like, it is very big, Taylor. What the hell? You know, mm-hmm. And then my favorite part, the part that killed me. So, what we've timed the light up for is Stars Hollow's slowest resident, Mrs. Lanahan. <laughs> and they stand her up to walk across. <laughs>
1: And she's so slow. I'm like imagining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it takes her like 15 minutes to cross.
1: <laughs> I'm like imagining being at that light, and it sounds excruciating.
0: <laughs> she was so slow. You know, <laughs> I was like, this is the greatest. This is just, this is the best comedy. They like just threw this bit in here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just so you can get a little flavor of the town, but also to set us up for the, you know, yeah. for the fall, right? So she comes over and um, like there's the bachelorette party, and they go to the drag club, and um, mm-hmm. Lorelai ends up calling Christopher, which I thought was very interesting, right? <laughs> and Emily yeah. was there, and she was asking all these how she feels about the wedding questions, and actually being like luke for a moment basically right she was like you know i i don't know how you're not nervous i was a wreck the week before i thought about him constantly and talked about her wedding dress and she like you know um all of that and then after she did all that like all of the everybody's like i want to call you know my significant other Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and laura like called christopher right Mm -hmm. and um and then, and then Christopher started. He was basically doing the same thing because he like started talking about Max's CD collection. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. And but he was just being jokey and mm-hmm. accidentally stepping into the middle of what Lorelai's problem. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It was like everybody, like, were they? It's they weren't even trying to be mean, and they were stepping right into the little things that she couldn't understand what was bothering her about getting married. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm.
1: because it's like, it's like, so first of all, with, with Emily, it's like, I really like that moment because it's the first moment that you're like, oh, you guys are like actually in love.
0: Like, oh, yeah. like, oh you and yeah, Richard I mean,
2: like I are actually, in love.
0: Oh, I know they're in love. I mean, like, but, that, but that, it's not just, like their me, relationship.
1: It, is
0: a, yeah. I mean, to me, that's just a, a given because, you know, people aren't that in tune with each other if they're not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You know?
1: But but it's, like, the real, like, you see a glimpse of, like, the romance that led to it, which is just not right. a side that she often shares, right? Like, True. Yeah. Like, knowing that they are a partnership the way that they are is a little bit, like, you're learning that that was kind of a resource that was lost to Lorelai that she could have tapped into if she actually had a relationship with her parents, right? Like she could have had a really good idea of what love was, or at least a good example of what it looked like if she respected her parents at all. (laughs) Right. Like the fact that she doesn't understand relationships or dating or what a partnership looks, looks like is she's just ignoring the example that's right in front of her because she doesn't think that she completely
0: ignored it though. I think that she just, um, it isn't it's that so many of the other things have bothered her about them that she refuses to see some things. Yeah. yeah. Or so well, imagine. and it
1: takes her, you know,
0: it takes so her a while to see her. Yeah.
1: And I think that part of that is because he's the last person that she ever considered being with forever, right? Like she, like, yeah. I, I think that I have
0: and called best when I'm
1: contemplating breaking up with somebody. Actually,
0: she's. A, I'm she's pretty sure.
1: I don't know. If I've ever told you this, but I I called Austin when I was about to break up with Jacob. Because I was like, I just need to talk to somebody who knows me. Like, should I break up with this guy? And he was like, well, buddy, probably.
0: (laughs) If you're asking me, then (laughs) Yeah.
1: You're asking me? Yeah, probably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the thing about that is that, like, also, Lorelei and Christopher, if nothing else, have been, like, really good friends. Like, Mm -hmm. they were. They were really good friends. First and foremost, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, they they have their reasons why they shouldn't ever be together, mm-hmm. but they also are still friends. Like yeah. <laughs> beyond all of that, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and so, like you know, he she um, the the thing is, Rory like talks to her dad and finds out that she had called him, and she like dropped a little bomb on Lorelai, telling her. And asking her about it, which also like added to the like the the, the nice questioning that people are making that are just l- feeding into like all of the doubts that she already has, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the the stone that kills it all is that Luke shows up with that hopa that he's yeah. carved out of wood because he cares about her so much he wants her to be happy regardless, mm-hmm. right? And, like, and it's got
1: goats on it.
0: <laughs> for me, the moment she's sitting there, I'm like that is the moment she decided that it wasn't going to work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean? And, you know, and it was the middle of the night before she acted on it or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but she comes down in the middle of the night and mate and tells, you know, her to pack, we're going to hit the road first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and then she's broken it off. And it's like, um, that, you know, I mean, <laughs> that, that was that, that made me have tears because it was just hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? like you know you have to tell your daughter that and you know yeah rough right
1: well and it, it's like one of those moments where it's like Rory really did her own amount of parenting in that moment right mm-hmm. like okay there are not a lot of moments like like that's a thing that people criticize Lorelai as a character for a lot is like oh well your your daughter is raising you or whatever and there are a few moments where I actually agree but this is a big one where I'm like yeah Rory was doing the parenting a little bit with that when she says okay fuck it we're going with your idea we're packing like let's get you out of here right
0: mm-hmm.
1: And then being the person who nags and also her enough like not calls. Maybe, like,
0: maybe not the parents as well as much as the best the friend. friend Yeah like cuz that that's the you know they always talk about that they're best friends Mm-hmm. Well, that exactly is the best friend role. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, we're
1: packing. Great. Okay. You need You're to right. talk about this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We're out, you know? And, yeah. Um, so I mean, there's... if
1: Sid went through a break off engagement, I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. We'll go to Wyoming. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, let me
1: call off work and <laughs> I'll pack my laptop.
0: <laughs> yep. And so we, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um they start um they start off on the road trip and mm-hmm. they don't take any tunes <laughs> and i thought that was hilarious because it's like oh this is a bad idea never do a road trip without, <laughs>
1: like, without just road silence on this road trip
0: you're like rolling along trying to pick stuff off the radio this isn't going to work yeah. um yeah so uh and i thought about us and our great american road trip with like the enormous playlist that we like had a
1: 25 hour playlist and then we ran out and we had to do start like doing albums
0: we, we had to create another playlist i think i don't know yeah but yeah um so but um so they fight rory uh, finally kind of nudges her into calling suki right mm-hmm. she calls suki and i hope you haven't gotten too far into that cake And she's like, oh, no. And she starts slicing off pieces of it while she's still talking to her. No, 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 we weren't even, yeah, no, we were behind. We weren't going to (laughs) get, the thing was done.
1: (laughs) She goes, (laughs) you were a good cake, Gregory. Never
0: name a cake. (laughs) Yeah, she named it Clyde, actually.
1: Clyde, (laughs) sorry. Um, Yeah. It it was was the, it it was the, should have never named this cake.
0: (laughs) Right. It's always bad luck to name a cake or something. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) She says, Maybe we could stay in a cool b Yeah, a, a cool BnB That's yeah, this place is understated like a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> I love the that wallpaper
1: line. is changing. No it's not.
0: <laughs> Would you like to ring the bell? <laughs> like that lady. Would you like to ring the bell? Uh why you're here? Well, people like to ring the bell.
1: <laughs> yeah. The activities that they're skirting. I'm like it's like this entire thing. I've never been in a B and B before, but I just know it's too accurate.
0: You know, no, it's not. No, I've been in a B and B before. And like you know, it was like it's like taking the uh it's sort of like the hangover. Like mm-hmm. where, you know, like the, the you see the room the morning after, and it's like a conglomeration of all the worst things that people have ever come across as they woke yeah. up the next day. This is kind of all the worst things that happen in a and B, like all conglomerated into one place. <laughs>
1: that that makes sense. And, um, what I love about this is that there are two. There are. I think the theme of this is future, right? And maybe that's because they're like they are.
0: Because they go to visit Harvard and everything. Yeah. Well,
1: no, I think it's because you're seeing the ending of some, uh, like a death of a potential future with Max, right? Right. And so like, we're already raw on like, okay, well, if you don't want to do that, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, And I think that Lorelai does like breaks off the engagement is thinking about that visits that in. And that is what spurs her to go. You know what? I know what I want to do instead of getting married. I want to open that in. I've been talking about for years. I mean, since. if
0: this lady can do all of this weirdness, I can and open still my still run
1: in a in. B and B. <laughs> yeah, I can That's
0: run my end cool. with Suki. This is ridiculous. What am I doing? Right. Yeah. So she learns that, and and, and then her, it
1: spurts so they're, her. They're to go. Seeing,
0: they're both seeing what they want to do in the future. Like yeah. she's saying, Harvard, I love it. It's the best. You know, like because she was in that class for like thirty seconds and answering questions and felt like she belonged. Yeah. You know, and and so I thought that was awesome. You know, I, yeah. I like how they got both of those things. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then they did a slideshow at the Gilmores, which I thought was funny because yeah. she loves slides. Why do you slides. take
1: slides?
0: <laughs> well, because I can make them big and project them for everyone. Yes, but it takes forever. She's like, yeah, that's what I love about the world <laughs> Right?
1: They're bad pictures. Like, it's kind of a waste of a slide. <laughs> like, like, it's a yeah. really permanent way of capturing your finger in front of the camera.
0: <laughs> and then she tells Emily that they're not getting married. Right. And and Emily, mm-hmm. like, acts like she's upset, but she's really not all that upset because she had no. an inkling that it wasn't going to happen. Well, know? she
1: gets more upset that the thought that they're going to elope.
0: Right. She thought they eloped and that would piss her off to like knowing. Yeah. That, yeah. But then uh, Lorelai wants to know what gift she got and Emily won't tell her. And I love that whole back and forth because mm-hmm. they're actually being playful with each other. Like, yeah. he's like, no, no, screw you. You're not going to know now, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, like, I, I, I'll just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to save it for your real wedding. <laughs> <laughs> right. You'll have to wait.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then mm-hmm. uh, Luke and Lorelei have the chat about it. And she wants help figuring out the end. And Luke is like beyond thrilled, right? Yeah. And so then we go to uh, Nick and Nora and Sid and Nancy, which is the next episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, Taylor, in line with the Boy Scouts at Luke's, has to be, like, an iconic praise of comedy that I can't even, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't even know what what beautiful things that they stick in there. These little gems of nothing that are just hilarious, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Luke's gets a phone call from his sister, and we get to meet Jess. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, Jess. Oh, Jess. The next era begins here in the show. So. Right? I mean, it was coming because the open came through and Milo was in the, was in the open. So, (laughs) you know, so
1: (laughs) I I have a little about Milo, Milo, Vigliani, Vigliani.
0: I don't know how you pronounce it, but I always just call him Milo or Milo or whatever.
1: So um, Milo, the guy who plays Jeff Um,
0: and is like the, you know, God of Mm -hmm. this is us. Yeah. Yes. (laughs)
1: He's also in Heroes, which we watched when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. Loved Heroes.
1: Oh, one of my biggest crushes from television when I was growing up was Peter from Heroes. And I remember re watching Gilmore Girls last year. And it was the first time I ever really like intellectualized that, like, oh, yeah, Milo is Jess and he's also Peter from Heroes. Because there's this scene in one of the first two episodes, it's like the first day of school he's getting off and he's wearing like a skin tight thermal. And you know that Milo is just ridiculously ripped for a child and I had to Google it. I was like, why is he so ripped? And I was like, oh, it's because he's 20 fucking four in this. Like, he's yeah. he already <laughs> yeah. old. Like,
0: yeah. I was like, that
1: is a grown ass man. That's why. Well, <laughs>
0: like, A lot of the time in teenagers are played by, you know, men. Yeah.
1: Yes. But it was like, it was like one of those things where I was like, why is, there, why are his pecs like breaking out of his shirt? I was like, this is ridiculous. This is obscene. Like. I was like, I can see his abs right now. What the fuck? And I googled it, and I was like, oh, that's why.
0: And and there's a little thing where Rory runs into Max in the hallway and can't talk to him, and then Paris, being the you know, gives her a crap story that she writes really well, and then she has to give her a better story, and so she like says, oh, I see an opportunity. I'm gonna make her interview the teacher of the year because it's Max.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, I really liked the interview because. Rory says the thing that she, you know, that you were talking about, which is, I really wanted you for a stepdad. And she he's like, I really wanted you for a stepdaughter. And and then they got over it. Like they got that that was what they needed to talk about, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was why she couldn't make eye contact with him because she was like, I don't know how to say that like this is kind of like heartbreaking for me.
0: It's heartbreaking for me, but I'm on my mom's side. You know, yeah.
1: like, <laughs> like, you know, like she's my fucking mom, what can you do? But I do want like right. it is important that we verbalize that
0: and I love that when Laurel I read the piece, she's like, I sure know how to dump them, don't I? Like was it like a throwaway line under there? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Know? And then uh so then uh, of course Jess, he's a total dick, right? And he does mm-hmm. the um he does the like stealing of her um of her beer and Lorelai tries to talk to him and Lorelai does a piss poor job of talking to him A because she's way too condescending and she can't hold in in her anger if she would she would be able to talk to him but she can't Uh right because she's in love with Luke and Jess knows she's in love with Luke because like this is obvious Uh. to everyone who walks in the room right and (laughs) and he calls her on it so are you sleeping with him and she, he's a real, I mean, total dick, right? Yeah. And then Luke is kind of a jerk back with her, right? Because Until, he thinks
1: know. that she's kind of overstepping, right? Like, he's out right. of his death, he's, he, and in order to accept her help, he would he have to, to admit that he's out of his death.
0: Right, and he has to admit that Je, Jess also might not be, just because he's related to him, he actually might be a criminal, right? <laughs> yeah. But then it comes on him because you know she's missing her gnome next door, and he's like, "Okay, no one in town would take her stupid fucking gnome except for Jess, and he would totally take her gnome, right?" Like, yeah. <laughs> so he, he knows. It in it. the
1: fucking closet, right?
0: <laughs> like, he knows that he, t- you know, that he took it, right? And um, and then so he, uh, I love it. Like he he asked him about it. Uh, it was it was actually the first thing that he stole, right? Mm-hmm. And he asked him about it and he lied and he, you know, fights with Luke and they say, okay, fine. I'm not saying anything. And they start to walk across the footbridge and Luke just knocks him into the lake. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Like, mm-hmm. like, dude, there was never a character that deserved more to be shoved into a lake than you right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. It was great when he actually laid down the rules and became some kind a of a parent. dad, but then, But then uh, Jess runs into Rory out there and she starts calling him Dodger, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was great because he actually shows that he's not a stupid ass. Yeah. (laughs) He actually reads, you know. He's actually actually a really smart guy. He's just messed up. Which,
1: like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, very clear from the second that Jess interacts with Rory. He, like, asks if she wants to sneak out or whatever, and he's hitting on her. But she has no fucking interested him because she thinks okay you just walked into my house you seem a little bit like an asshole um and now you want me to sneak out of a window with you and ignore the good food and the people i care about no like fuck you, actually <laughs> that sounds terrible <laughs> like, like like pass idiot and then um you know he is smart and has a good joke like back and forth with her once and she starts to like in the back of her head she goes huh <laughs> like, and that will just grow and become a mess like
0: <laughs> so then they uh the uh, episode six which is presenting Lorelai gilmore where rory decides that she wants to do mm-hmm. uh, the coming out party coming out party right yeah and um Emily um, is, like, thrilled. And I love the Mm -hmm. little thing where uh, she says, tell me you didn't go out on the patio. I went out on the patio. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, no. You know, like, Mm -hmm. and... um,
1: You went out on the patio, and now you're having a coming out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Lorelai has to call Christopher to ask if he'll escort her, right?
1: And he actually came through for
0: once. (laughs) Yeah, but I love it. He says... She gets off the phone. She says, hey, little Debbie, your dad is definitely going <laughs> yeah. to be there. I love the little Debbie line. That's just beautiful. Hey, yeah. little well,
1: what I love is that Rory goes, he said he'd definitely be there. That means it's like a 50-50 chance. And she goes, let's <laughs> go 60-40, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, uh, there's the whole thing where Rory has to make a deal with Dean to mm-hmm. watch BattleBots so that she can get him to wear a tux, which mm-hmm. is funny. you know. And then we get to see Christopher in an actual car. And mm-hmm. having a real job, because he's actually got a real girlfriend that he tells her later, Sherry.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so... Um, he tells know, her the,
1: later, after they kiss.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> the... Um, uh, I, I liked the, the scene of Miss Patty teaching Dean and Rory to dance. That was funny, because mm-hmm. you got to see Christopher and Lorelai dance, and it was quite obvious that they really did know how to be society people even if they were shunning the whole situation, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I love the girls in the dressing room with Rory that cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I was like,
1: this girl snorts up <laughs> Like you meet her and you're like, you're on drugs. <laughs>
0: right. And then he gets out of, she gets out of the dressing room. I love it when she comes to Dean and he's like, you know, uh, she gets presented to Dean or whatever. And she says, how do I look? And he says, I think you look like a cotton ball, but at least a really cute. <laughs> <Cotton ball. laughs> mm-hmm. I think you look like a cotton ball that killed me. Yeah. Uh, the serious thing is that Richard has been upset and fighting with Emily the whole time. And it's because Richard's afraid he's going to lose his job.
1: <laughs> yeah. He and all he to wants control. to do is work.
0: He wants to work really hard because he thinks that'll save him from being phased out because he's old. Yeah. Um, um and you know, so that that that's a like a real conversation between the three of them at the ball, mm-hmm. which was cool. And then after the well, ball over, you know.
1: The fact that Laura lies like kind of in the middle of it and being like, Hey, can you guys like shut the fuck up for my daughter for like 10 <laughs> minutes? <next?"
2: laughs> yeah.
1: Like. Well, and it's interesting that Lorelai becomes the mediator in that situation because she's kind of put into a position where she doesn't like she's talking down these two people from each other for the first time ever,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that and that was that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, I like the um, the thing that like the the end of this episode has a couple of really cool, funny lines, like the um, uh, you know we've we've signed you up for the next six balls. <laughs> she she. He gets told that she's like not funny you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then um I love the the're we're in Luke's and Jess comes out because earlier he got like chastised for his Metallica t-shirt mm-hmm. and he comes out and he's dressed exactly like Luke and he's mm-hmm. doing his same mannerisms as he sits down the shakers and stuff
1: <laughs> and he goes, oh I thought this was the uniform <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Luke's like, get out of here you know? yeah yeah <laughs> And I love that Laura Live visits Emily again and tells her if she wants to talk, that she can do that. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it's like, hey, universe. if you want me as like a support network, that's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we could actually be that. And yeah, it's a total olive branch.
1: Yeah. Right? Which is, it's like interesting to see somebody have that conversation with their parent because it's like, like, I understand that it's like a specific situation with them where like, they have had an estrangement in the middle of Lorelai's adulthood, right? So, like, they're coming back to a relationship fresh. But I, you know, I've had have a conversation with both of my parents before. All of them, no, no, I've never been a really been the support network for Joe or Sarah as much as I have been your mom. But
0: well, I'm, like, you know. I've
1: definitely talked to mom and you about it, where I'm like, hey. I can see you're going through something. Would you like to talk about it? And I can be your adult friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I am going through something. I'm, you know, having withdrawals. My daughter's in Scotland. Um,
1: well, I was more talking about like, I don't know, life. Like, like, I, you know, you and mom both lost your fathers in the past like two years. And I remember like they had them like a month apart. And it was like, I was like, all right. <laughs> you over here I'll just hold you over here and we're supporting the parents and we're saying it's okay guys okay. oh,
0: I mean you know um your your grandfather was very close to me too and yeah even even though he wasn't my dad um but uh, you know he was my father-in-law for you know a decade yeah. and also afterward would talk to me anytime about anything yeah. and well I, and it
1: was a, um, you know it was a really I'm
0: I, I, I really I was uh, just as torn up, you know. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I um, that that was hard, and it was, you know, when Sarah's dad passed away, it was hard too. I, I feel mm-hmm. like um, we just had a a rash, you know what I mean, <laughs> of that. Yeah. Um, well, well, but, I remember. You know, it's, it's really hard to, um, to to not, you know, you have to have someone to talk to that's younger because you don't have dad to talk to anymore, or you know what I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Well, and I remember when, uh, when it was like the day before grandpa died and mom knew, like we we got the phone call, like that, that noise he was making was a death rattle. And I was like, well, that explains why it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) If you're you're ever just wanting to really like freak yourself out, go ahead and Google what that sound is.
0: (laughs) Um, I've, I've heard it.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we got that phone call and they told us like, okay, well, he's probably going to pass in the next 24 hours. And mom was like saying throughout the day, like, you can go home. I can stay here. Like, it's no big deal. Obviously you don't want to have to like stick around for this. I know this wasn't the 4th of July weekend you wanted. And I had to keep reminding her like, Hey buddy, (laughs) like like I know that this thing seems like, it's only happening within like your scope and you can't like think about other things right now, but this is a big deal. And we need to make sure that you have the things you need. So I'm not leaving you. (laughs) I love you and you're my mom. And so we're going to do what we have to do. And one of those things is we need to make sure you have clothes for the funeral. We need to make sure that we have arrangements for the rest of our family to get up here. We need to make sure that grandma and aunt Kathy have whatever they need and they don't necessarily need us to be hanging around right now. So that was, that was an interesting time. (laughs) Like, like aside from the large, heavy, how do we feel about this? I'm a shoulder to cry on situations like saying the logistical side of things, like let's think through this, logically because it's a big deal and it's it's a like a moment that needs to be addressed like that was really hard and interesting time to be a child and i, I kind of see like a, a little bit of that in the way that laurel i talks to her mother because it's it's very much one of those moments where it's like hey i can see that you're going through a hard time and i want you to remember that like logistically speaking you're not alone
0: right So, well, I think it was, you know, that's good. Six more for next week. Yeah. Keep you awake. Um, so I guess this is the end of this. I love you very much. I'll see you next time. (laughs) I love you too. Thank you for being a part of the family rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.